quick testimony that I wanted to share. Um, so earlier in the week, I um, did um, some healing sozo prayer with Jacqueline, and um, it was not as awful as I thought it would be, simply because I'm talking about like, I'm 47, I'm talking about like 45, 44-year-old pain. And it was so beautiful because it was this room, and um, Jesus was in there, and all I had to do was give him, give him the space. And what was so cool about it, so we did all of that sort of work and came into agreement, broke some lies. And then Saturday morning, I'm in here in the prayer room, and um, he just showed me that he came to the outside of the, of the building, which at the time was this really dark old gray castle. And he zipped up the window and pulled it out. And in pulling it out, he pulled the whole room out, the whole space. And he, I can't explain it, but as soon as he did that, the whole building changed. And it was like this, like, really beautiful cream-colored, like, English cottage sort of whatever. Just, yeah, it was just beautiful. And so he invited me in up to the stairs to go back to that room. And when he opened the door, it was a ginormous wraparound balcony. Like, the room was completely gone. And I'm standing there at the balcony, and I said, I'm like, I'm seeing mountains and hills. And, I mean, it's very much like the picture that's out here on the corner um, with the, like, the fields, the pink sky. And I'm like, what is this? And he said, this is the expanse of my fullness. This is my kingdom, and it's yours. And I knew in the moment it has always been mine. The fullness has always been mine. I just didn't have space for it because I had this room that had this lie in it. And so I'm just releasing the testimony that what you all have to do is just say, oh, that's who I am. Oh, that's not who I am. And then invite him in to take that out and put in his fullness. Not really put it in, but give you the awareness and revelation of his fullness. So with that, I'm going to introduce Ian. Oh, man. Wow. The Lord is here. He is in this room. He is present. Jesus, we thank you. Well, welcome. We're so glad that you are here. So glad that you have joined us here at church. My name is Ian Ram, one of the pastors here. And uh, during worship, the Lord is, I mean, he is just moving. We can recognize that. He is here in this place. He is in this room. During worship, Valerie came up to me, and, and she said she had this picture of the stage, and on the stage was, was just this pillar of light. And, and then she, uh, she later shared that, there were, that we were just running into this pillar of light. We were running to Jesus. And, and Randy, unknowingly, Holy Spirit is, is funny like this, where he'll speak, right? It's, sound, it's like Holy Spirit earpieces, where uh, he, he, he spoke to Randy, and he said he just had this picture of, of just like a running back, and we are just running to the light. And so... Holy Spirit, like he is on this. And so I just want to wait. I, 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 there's nothing that I can do that will be greater than what Holy Spirit already wants to do in this room. And so I just want to wait on the Lord and just picture and picture with me the, the light that is Jesus is here. And as you picture Jesus, we are transformed. And so Jesus, we wait on you. Jesus, we get out of the way. Jesus, when you are here, we are transfixed. 
And so Jesus, we just, we, we, we look to you, we run to you. Your light brings so much goodness. Your light dispels all darkness. And if you are even here walking in and you, you feel like you're in a dark season right now, that, that you're in a dark place, I just encourage you in your, in your mind or not, just run to Jesus. Just walk to him. Jesus, we, we want to be with you, and when we're with you, we're changed. It's nothing that we do. It's what you have done for us that transforms us. Jesus, we just want your light. We want to wait on you. I just encourage you, if the Lord is doing something and you, you don't feel worthy of coming into his light, he is saying that you are worthy. You are worthy to come into your light. You're not too dark for him to illuminate you. You are not too dark for him to illuminate. You have not done too many things that means he can't bring light to your darkness. And so Jesus, we, we, we focus on you. You are here. We love you. Amen. I just encourage you, if he's doing something, keep, keep meeting with the Lord. Tune me out. My words don't mean as much as his. Man, he is good. We are currently in a series finishing up this week, and it is called Pray. And, and man, Sean, thank you for that beautiful, beautiful acronym, the, the beautiful uh, the poem. It was so anointed. The Lord was on on that poem, thank you for just giving us a picture of Ephesians 1 and pulling from Scripture and, and living it out. Sean, where, I don't know where you are, but I want to affirm you. You are a prayer warrior, and you are inspiring to us in this body. Rachel and I consistently in the car, and I mean this, we consistently say, man, Sean is the embodiment of what Jesus sent. Like you are, your pastor's heart is so beautiful, and so thank you for pastoring us with how you live your life and for your poems and, and the anointing that you have on your life. We're so blessed to have you here. We love you, Sean. Yeah, of course. And so our, our, uh, our 24-7 prayer room, we've just been going after the Lord and praying, and it finishes up this week, and, and we have a devotional that members of the church have written that is wonderful. It's not too late to, to do it. You can grab a devotional uh, in, the, in the lobby. I encourage you to follow along. It's been so encouraging for me uh, as I've just been able to spend time with the Lord and, and recognize that we as a body are kind of going through and doing the same thing. It's it's wonderful. And one thing that we're, we've been saying is that, that we're living in this prayer for a season so that we can live it out for a lifetime. And this prayer in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, it's rich, it's robust. There's, there's beautiful realities and truths in this apostolic prayer. And, and we recognize that the Lord wants to answer this prayer. And so as we, we dive in and, and, and we unpack this last verse. I just want to read the whole thing for us. And we've been in the, uh, the New Living Translation as, as a church. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. It'll also be on the screen. You can open up a device, whatever. I'm a physical Bible. Like, I, I love it in my hands. But if you, if you don't have your Bible, it's okay. It'll be on the screen. So Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. It says, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. 
I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we thank you that, that you desire to answer this prayer. And as we unpack this last verse, would, would we just encounter you and meet you, Jesus, in your name, amen. So today we're, we're concluding in our series with this last verse. The, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. And, and this message is it's just titled full and complete. It is my heart and prayer as, as I was preparing this that we would walk out understanding that we are full and complete by Christ. The church who is his body is full and complete. And we who are his body is also full and complete. And in this, this series, we've, we've spent a lot of time kind of unpacking the context of, of this passage and, and, and talking about what, it, what does it look like to, to live this out and how do we pray this and, and what is it. But I think it's so beautiful that the conclusion of this prayer, it actually ends with Paul praying for the church. He brings attention to the church. Now, this isn't just the idea of church that we imagine, this building with bricks and, you know, maybe a steeple, like the church, which is so robust, and, and there's so much more to the church than just a building. And, and during COVID, so many of us heard that the church is not just a building, it's a people, like we are the church. And there was this beautiful recognition that, whoa, I, I actually am the church. It's not just this place that I go on Sunday morning, it's actually me, and and I recognize that some of us, you know, being involved in church, some of us have been involved in really healthy churches. And, and maybe some of us have experienced church hurt or been in, in, in unhealthy churches that, that maybe are, are, are just living and walking out in, in a broken way. But, but what I want us to recognize that the Lord, he desires for us as the church to recognize that we are full and that we are complete. And like COVID, and, and we heard so much, spoiler alert for this message, when we're talking about the body of Christ, it's made up of individuals. Like it's made up of, of you. Like you are the body. You and those next to you, whether this is your first time to this church or you've been here for years, you make up the body. So I just, a, a question, by a show of hands, who here likes puzzles? 
All right, who, we got some puzzlers in the room. Okay, nice. Now, I'm someone, I do not have the patience for puzzles. Uh, Rachel and I, my wife, we had a date night where we decided, we're like, we're going to puzzle, and we set up the puzzle. We didn't even finish the edge pieces. And that's like the start, that's like the intro. And we're like, yeah, you know, it's fine, this movie will do. So I personally, I do not have the patience for puzzles, but I have this friend who loves puzzles. And I've probably puzzled more in my life the past two years than my entire life combined. Like I said, I do not have the patience. Thank you. Thankfully, when I'm with him, he, he carries me. And he's like, no, this one goes here. And I'm just amazed. I've been on this piece for like an hour. How are you? Like, it's, it's amazing. But he sometimes, to save money, will go to a thrift store and he'll buy a puzzle. Yeah, you know where this is going if you've ever gotten a puzzle from a thrift store. So you're kind of getting to the end. It's not fun. You get to the end, and all of a sudden, there is, like, just one piece missing. Oh, man, you know. Like, if you've been there, you know. I mean, just it is so frustrating. And I, for me, if I get to the end of a puzzle, which I usually don't. Usually it's him, and I'm just there. But we get to the end, and there's one puzzle, and we're, like, looking underneath the table. And, like, is it in the fridge? Like, where did it go? Like, we're looking everywhere for this piece, and then we just can't find it, and it's so frustrating. And, and maybe I need some healing prayer for not being able to finish a puzzle. But I, I recognize that now it's even better. It's even better when there's, like, two or three pieces because I'm, like, at least it's not just one away. But when there's one away, it's just not fun. And I, I feel like we actually as people are very similar in that so many of us go through our lives and, and we just feel like there's just like something missing. There's, there's just like a piece missing and, and we're living our entire lives trying to, to get that piece. We're, we're, we're looking, we're longing, we're looking everywhere for it and we can't quite find it and we recognize and we just come to terms and just realize, man, I, I, I'm never gonna be finished. Like, I'm never going to be complete. I'm always going to be missing this, this piece. And I grew up in, in, the, in the church, and, and in it I always heard this idea of, like, you have this God-sized hole. Like, there's this hole in, in your heart and in your life that you're looking to fill, but the only one that can fill it is, is the Lord. And, and maybe you're here today, and maybe you're here looking for that. And maybe you're saying, maybe I just wanted to show up to church because I'm looking for something to be filled. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus, that light, the person of Jesus is here to fill that in you. He is the only one that can satisfy. He's the only one that can fill it. Maybe uh, you hear yourself and, and, and you're, just, you're searching so much. And I, I just want you to hear that Jesus, he wants to satisfy that longing. He wants to fill you. And we'll get a chance at the end, if, if you hear this and you're like, man, I do just have something missing and I don't know what it is and I've never professed my, my, my faith and, and, and trust and put it in Jesus. And if that's you, there's going to be a chance at the end. And, and I, I want you to lean in. I want you to listen and prepare and recognize, okay, so Jesus is the answer for that thing I've been longing for. But I also have, have, have grown up and, and been around a lot of Christians to recognize that there are many who have put their lives and, and their hope in Jesus that sometimes still feel this way. Like, like we, we recognize that he was meant to fill us and, and maybe he did for a season, but then that, that falls away. We don't feel that anymore. And it, it manifests differently for, for different people. I, I, I recognize that, but, but sometimes we hear that lie. You ever heard this one, I'm not good enough? You heard that one before? 
Or maybe, maybe you've heard or, or thought, I'll never amount for anything. You ever said that one? Or maybe, maybe you've actually thought this, which is a lie straight from the pit of hell, is that my life isn't worth living. Heard that one? Maybe you've thought I'm not worth being healed. They mean they're worth being healed, but I'm not worthy of actually being healed. So many of us feel like something is missing. I had a conversation with someone literally this past Friday, and, and they couldn't speak anything positive over themselves. And it was just like heartbreaking. It was, it was heart-wrenching for me to witness. But that, that's the nature of sin, right? It takes things from us. It takes shots at who we are. It attacks our identity. That's why when we, we sin and when, when we experience shame, we often hear that I am messed up. We hear that I am not good enough. Shame speaks to, to our identity. It speaks to who we are. Soren uh, Kierkegaard, who's a, he's an old Danish theologian from many, many years ago. He wrote in one of his books, In the Sickness Unto Death, and he defines sin as building your identity, your self-worth and happiness on anything other than God. It's building your identity, your self-worth and happiness on anything other than God. And as we talk through this last verse, 23, which talks about the church, which is full and complete by Christ, the question comes, naturally for me as I was reading it, was like, okay, what, is a, what does a full and complete church look like? Like, what, what, what does it actually look like? One that is made this way by and through Christ, one that's completely filled with Christ, what does a full and complete church look like? And I would argue as I sat and, and, and reflected and prayed on this passage, that, that it is one to which the members of that church understand their identity and who they are in Christ. And I mean that deep understanding that actually causes us to live differently. It, it, it changes how we live. I, I, as I've been sitting, there's been so, you know, documentaries and, 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 and podcasts and, and all of these things happening as the world has been looking at the church. And, and, I, and I firmly believe this, that we don't have a sin problem in the church. We actually have an identity problem. We do not have a sin problem. We have an identity problem. And before we talk about the capital C church, the greater church, we have to talk about us, for we are the people that make up the church. How can the church know who she is if we do not know who we are? And so we get to discover that, and that's what today is a discovery of, of who we are in Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So Paul's talking to the, the church in, in, in Corinth, and he's, he's writing, and he's speaking, and he's, he's writing to a church. So it's almost like he could be speaking to us right now. And he's looking at you individually, and he's saying that you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. And earlier in the passage, Paul, he's, he's talking about uh, uh, how a body is, is made up of different parts. You have arms and legs and, and feet, and, and all of them serve a purpose, and when I read that, it's really humbling for me because I'm like, well, he's talking about like I actually make up the church. It's not I who make the church, but, but part of me and part of us and you, we, we make up the body of Christ. And part of the church being full and complete in Christ, is, it, it, it means that we as the body, as, as a body of believers, have to also be full 
and complete in Christ. It's a truth. It's a reality. For those who have pressed Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are full and you are complete. You are the body. I am the body. Colossians 2, 9 through 10. Later on, Paul writes this and, and he says this in the NIV. He says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. The New Living Translation puts it this way. It says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. The New American Standard Version, it puts it this way. It says, in him you have been made complete. Okay, so we, we hear that, right? If you have professed Jesus, you are full and you are complete. In the Greek, they're from the same root. You are full and you are complete. That's our conclusion. That, that, that we as the body, as individuals, if we have professed Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are full and complete. But as I've sat with people, like I said, like, I've, I've sat with people, I've sat with friends, I've sat with family members, I've sat with students, I've sat with so even other pastors. I recognize that even though we might know this to be true, you would probably raise your hand and say, Ian, I know that that's true. I know that I'm full and complete. But we often, so, so many of us, don't always experience that or we don't feel full or we, we don't necessarily feel complete. And why? Like, what gives? I, I believe it's because our desire for completeness so often leads us to search in the wrong places. Like, we're going to, to different things that will never fill us, that will never satisfy us. I've described sin that way before. It's, sin is, is it's us going to something that, that God is meant to satisfy. It's us looking for satisfaction apart from God and, and crying out and, and saying, I mean, I'm gonna fill this, fill myself with this. But God says, hey, I actually wanna satisfy everything in you and through you and for you. And that's like the biblical definition of sin. Even it's, it's idolatry. That's how good things can actually become sin. It's good things becoming ultimate things. And that's, that's idolatry. That can be sin. And so we get to recognize that who we are in Christ, it's, it's full, we're complete. But, but as I've sat here and realized, okay, why, why does this happen? Why, why do we recognize it and we know it, but we don't deep down like experience it or we, we don't like really fully understand at a deep level because we still look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm not enough. What gives? I truly think this from, from my own life experience that we've elevated our experience or our understanding above our gospel identity. We've, we've taken what is our experience or our understanding and we've elevated above truth about us. And in order for something to be a, be a reality, for it to actually be true in the kingdom of God, it doesn't mean we have to fully understand it. It doesn't mean we have to fully comprehend it. In fact, I would, I would argue that we probably never will fully understand the reality of our completeness and fullness in Christ. 
But if we get stuck in elevating our experience over what is actually true about us, even what Heather was saying, we will always feel like we're missing something. We'll always miss the mark. We'll never actually experience the truth about what he says about us. We'll never fully experience the truth about what he did so that he could actually speak to us and set us free. And it's a tension. We do not get our identity from our experience or our feelings. We don't. There was a pastor who was here several, I think about a month ago, and he worded it this way, and I really like how he put this. He he said, sanctification is getting into our experience what we already are. I feel like that's, that's just really Really true, sanctification is getting into our experience what we already are. Sanctification is this fancy word for, for this process of, of holiness or unto wholeness. And I recognize there's nothing that we can ever do to, to be holy. It's what Christ did for us that makes us holy. But sanctification is the process of those matching up. And so I, I have kind of a picture for us, uh, just as I've discussed with people and thought through this, getting into our experience, what, what we already are, and, and we're full and complete, and it's a reality. I, I believe that, that we do, we all fall somewhere on this graph that we'll put up on the screen here in a second. And so I'll just start by kind of explaining it, and you can see the axes. So being complete over on the right, I would say that's like being, it's like perfected, all right? Complete, we're, we're complete. Being incomplete, you might feel deficient, you might feel defective, you might feel not enough, maybe not skilled enough, maybe not equipped enough. And then on the, on the other axis, being full, I would say, overflowing. It's, it's living a life that's overflowing. It's how you live. You, you are full. You feel full. And feeling empty, you might just feel dry or empty or, or run out. It could be in your life spiritually or you just, you just feel empty. You feel run out. And so I encourage you as I, I put these on the screen to, to really just look at this with sober judgment. Just recognize, okay, where, where do I fall? Because where you fall on this is going to be more based on your actions and your fruit more than where you want to say. Now, I want to say that I know I'm full and complete. Unfortunately, sometimes my life doesn't always look like I'm experiencing it, okay? So I Maybe you fall there. Maybe you fall and you're like, no, Ian, I'm like, I'm in. I understand. I'm with it. I feel I'm full and complete. And you recognize and that, that is beautiful. But I just encourage you to, to kind of just reflect as we go through. So full and complete, that would be being in Christ. So those who are in Christ, this is the reality. You experience, these two words are what you, are, what you experience or your fruit. You would experience confidence and humility, You display these things. You display confidence in your identity in Christ and humility in your relationships. If you are full and complete, which you are, if you have professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the truth about you. This is the reality. But, unfortunately, we don't always live there. We're not always living up and to the right. And so, this next quadrant, maybe you feel complete, but you also feel empty, so you're like, you would say, okay, I feel complete, but, but I also feel empty. You maybe would feel confusion and futility or uselessness. 
Maybe you would feel confused because you, you recognize, okay, I'm complete, but, but you, you, you're feeling dry. This is sometimes called the dark night of the soul. It's you're doing the things, you're, you're complete, but, but you're just not filled. And, and, and through that, your experience is confusion. You're confused because you're, you're doing the stuff. You're still hanging out with Jesus every day. You're still worshiping. You're still involved in community. You're, you're, you're doing the, the, the right things, but you're still feeling dry and empty. And through that, you also might feel kind of useless. You're just like, I mean, what I'm doing, it's like not really doing anything. And then if you feel incomplete and empty, you would likely experience uh, insecurity and, and hopelessness. Experience insecurity because you, you just, you feel incomplete. You don't feel like enough. You, you feel empty. You're, you're not full in any way in your life. There's this deep sense of insecurity. Your self-talk maybe is extremely negative or, or maybe you lack hope. You might even hear that lie that I, I mentioned earlier of I'll never amount for anything. I'll never overcome this. There's this feeling of hopelessness when, when we live here, when we live both empty and, and incomplete. But the opposite of security in Christ is this. It's insecurity. And it's, it, it can even go like this. In, insecurity sometimes we think is being really down on ourselves. But I would say insecurity can also be insecurity me. It's the same, it, it, in security, me. It's putting the hope on ourselves, but it's not meant to be on us, it's meant to be on Jesus. And so in that, we might still experience insecurity. And when you're feeling and experiencing this, this isn't matching the reality of who you are in Christ, which is full and complete. And finally, if you maybe feel full, but you also feel incomplete, you maybe would experience overcompensation and pride. Now, I live in this quadrant a lot. I'm consistently overcompensating because I, I feel like I'm living pretty full and I'm, you know, I, I, I experience fullness and overflow in my life, but I just don't feel complete. I don't feel enough. I feel deficient or not equipped enough or not skilled enough. I even remember when I began preaching and that I just felt so much overcompensating. Like, I have to prove myself to Indie Vineyard Church. And so I'm overcompensating and I'm telling all the, remember when I, I show memes and I mean, it was fun, but I was just like, I, they need to like me. And I was overcompensating. And this is where, where I often live, the fruit of, of feeling incomplete but full is, is overcompensation. We feel like we need to overcompensate or maybe we also feel pride or we experience pride and even if we don't know. Now, kind of like the insecurity thing, the pride piece, false humility is also pride. They're the same. False humility is also pride. And so maybe you live here. But the reality is, even for me, I could stand up here. I could do nothing. I could say nothing, and Christ would look at me, and he would say, Ian, I'm satisfied in you. And I would look at him and say, Christ, I'm satisfied in you. It's not because of what I do, and, and over the years I've had to learn that, Ian, you don't have to overcompensate. The reality, the truth about you is that, that you can walk out in confidence and humility. You are full, and you are complete. And so here's what I, I want you to hear. Don't hear this as like condemnation. Just hear this as like maybe a reality check for you and saying, okay, so the truth about me if I profess Jesus as Lord and Savior is I'm up and to the right, but I'm experiencing something else. That's not the reality, Insecurity and hopelessness, that's not the reality. 
feeling over, like you have to overcompensate or pride. That's not the reality. That's not, that's not who you are. You are full and you are complete in Christ. And as I was kind of thinking through this and unpacking this and putting this into a picture for us to all kind of see, I, I wanted, oh man, did I want, I, was pre- I wanted like a practical next step. I'm like, all right, so if you're insecure and hopeless, what do you do? If you're confused and feeling useless, what? Nothing. But as I sat, I realized there's not a cookie cutter answer. There's not like you just need to do this thing more because then that's striving for something that we've already earned through Christ. And so we... I wanted, I, I so wanted that, that super practical next step. But what I feel like this is helpful for is, is us just to look and recognize, maybe even for the first time, maybe you're just realizing, man, I would have said that I'm full and complete, but I'm actually experiencing something different. And sometimes we just have to know what is actually missing or where we truly are before we can be led to a place where we cry out to God to fill us. Maybe right now as you evaluate, you're, you just recognize, man, I just need to, I, I need to cry out to God. I want to actually live out a life that is full and complete in Christ. And we're in this series, Pray. So how does it have to do with prayer? Like what, what does this have to do with, with, with prayer? For me, as I, I sat in so much overcompensation, it led me to honestly and authentically seek God in prayer. Our emotions and, 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 and where we're at, we're, we're actually missing. It leads us to honest prayers to God. We authentically cry out. I've had seasons in my life where I'm praying in my quiet times every single day, and it's beautiful, and it's, it's awesome. And, and then all of a sudden, I come to this place of like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like deep crying out to God. And I, I have this thought like, Lord, I'm sorry I haven't really like talked to you in a while. But then I look back, and I'm like, but Ian, you've been praying every day. But all of a sudden, there was this deep cry. There was, there was this, this deep engagement. My soul had to actually be engaged. And I had to recognize, man, I just, Lord, I, I, I want you. I want to cry out for you. So wherever you fall, ask the Holy Spirit to direct you. Ask him to reveal Jesus to you, to reveal the gospel. Ask him for a deep experiential knowledge of what he did for you on the cross and how he made you. It's, it's an, I, I think that's it. It's an encounter with the gospel. That's what gets us there. It's a deep experiential uh, encounter with, with what he did. We need to come back to what he did for us so that when we do things for him, it's done out of purity. It's done out of adoration. It's done out of authenticity. He wants to bring us back. I, I believe those who, who live up and to the right, it's those with a deep experiential knowledge of the gospel. The recognition that, that we are sinners, that we are broken, that we are missing something. And we're spending our whole lives reaching out and trying to grab it, but we're never gonna get there. And then God, who is perfect and kind, sent his son to live a perfect life for us who then this week, Good Friday, went to the cross, died both a spiritual and a physical death. And as he died for us on the cross, he rose again and then offered to us this gift of salvation, this, this gift that, wow, it's not just that I'm enough, it's that he is enough and he makes me enough by what he did. That's the gospel and we get to encounter it, not just know it, 
We get to know it deep down. It's like if you drank water every single day, you might know that you, you need to drink water, that it's important. You could t- say all the health benefits of it. But if you've gone weeks and months, I don't think you can go months without water, but weeks. If you've gone weeks without drinking water, you just have this deep down, like ex- you're just longing. There's this thirst in you to drink water. And that's what we need for, for Jesus, for what he did. And Easter, the resurrection, Jesus dying and, and coming back. Guys, it's not just a one-day thing. It's an everyday thing. He did it for one day so that every day could look different. Every single one. And and it's this beautiful thing. And, And if we get this, church, let's just come back to the basics, back to the gospel, back to what Jesus did. And if we get this, I imagine a a church that's no longer broken, a church that no longer stands in confusion. I envision a church that no longer has members and and individuals who experience insecurity and feelings of hopelessness. They no longer feel less than. Rather, they acknowledge the truth and that they are more than conquerors. A church no longer would have to elevate systems and, and strategies to prove itself in the kingdom because they feel incomplete. I imagine a church and each person here in this church, that they would know and authentically live in Christ as we deeply encounter the gospel. You are full. If you you profess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you are full. You are complete. You are whole. If you're listening online, if you feel broken, it's not truth. That's not the reality Your reality is that you're full. The reality is that you're complete. That's what we need. We need a a, a deep, down experience, a a recognition of of Jesus and what he did. I remember when I was with a man who, uh, I was on a mission trip with a friend. His name was Isaiah. and, And I was with him on this trip. And we walk up to this kind of hut of, shack looking looking thing and and we walk up and and there was two men and they were sitting there so we just started talking and and chatting and we started sharing the gospel with them just like hey you know and and we're growing in relationship and and we have a rock on the ground and and we're sharing about how we're separate from God how our sin is is there's there's separation that we can't but Jesus has bridged the gap we're sharing this and this guy walks up to us and he's extremely intoxicated I mean like belligerent. And he starts like just coming after us and, 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 and hurling insults and just speaking all of these negative things. And we were like, it, it was looking good. Like we were hopeful. We, we recognized these people were listening. They were, they were kind of engaged. And we thought, man, they, they might come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior now in this place. And we were so excited. But then this man came up and, and, and it was so frustrating. And he's pulling our rock away. And, and we're just getting so, so angry because things were going well. And so I stepped back and I'm like, Holy Spirit, what, what, do you want, what do you want me to do? And and I just felt like he said, like, lay hands on him and just pray that he would sober up in Jesus' name. Like, I haven't seen that one. And so I laid hands and I just kind of quietly under my breath, I said, Holy Spirit, come, sober him up right now in Jesus' name. Open his eyes, clear his ears, clear his mind. Amen. And in that moment, I kid you not, in that moment, the man calmed down, he quieted down, and his speech was splurred like slurred 30 seconds before and now in this moment he was engaged with us and he said hey so what were you saying what were you talking about to these guys and I was 
I didn't read about, like, I didn't, what, like, it didn't make sense to me. And, and this man, and he, he sobered up, and he started, he started leaning in. And what we thought was for the two men actually was for him. And he had this deep experiential encounter with the gospels. He recognized that he was a sinner. And he was confused as to why he was drunk 20 seconds before, but now he no longer was, because I'm not making this story up. And all of a sudden, he says, man, I want to know this man. I want to know Jesus who changed me, who, who in a moment sobered me up that takes me days at a time to do. And he commits his life to Jesus then and there. He professes faith. He says, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. I, I, I profess that I am a sinner, that I am separated, but God, that you sent your son, and I, and I want to make you my all and my everything. And this man was changed. I kid you not, next day, he, he goes and he finds a Bible, and he, comes and he wants to go out evangelizing with us. I'm like, you were a drunk like 24 hours ago. But the Lord came in, and he encountered this man. And what Jesus wants to do with the gospel is he wants us to even be lit afresh for him. Because it changes everything. Just like that man, we don't need to be, we don't need to be, be low on, on our engagement with Jesus and what he did for us. We are nothing apart from Christ. But we are full and we are complete in him. Salvation through Jesus means we're spiritually whole. It means that Christ's work is complete, that Christ's work is perfect. Remember Colossians 2.10? So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Colossians 1.22 says, He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present to you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. You are full and you are complete. And so band, if you'll come forward and, and worship team, or uh, sorry, ministry team, you can go ahead and step forward. And, and I just want us to engage in this. And, and as you were reading through Ephesians 1, 23, and you're like, okay, what about the church? There, there's a lot more in my notes. So you can go online and you can read all about the church and the points about the capital C church. But I just feel like the Lord wants us to, to sit here. Because for a church to, to know who she is, we as the church need to know who we are, which is full and complete. And so if you want to read more about the capital C church, I, I encourage you, just go to my notes online and, and you, can, you can read more. But we get to recognize that us as the church, we're an imperfect people called to live out his perfect plan. Like we're imperfect, but, but we actually get to, to live out, to walk out his plan as the church. And so as we go into, into ministry time, I, I encourage you just go ahead and stand to your feet. I want you to hear this, that, that, that you are full and complete if you have made Christ. Lord, if you have made him savior, but if, if that's not you and you're saying, Ian, you've been talking all this and I just feel like there is that thing missing in me and I want it to be completed. Christ wants to complete it in you today. God, he's not, he's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for the most equipped. He's not looking for the degree or the feeling of adequacy. He, he so often, he looks to the weak. He looks to the lowly. Even those you wouldn't think that he could use, he, he wants to use us. And through this, we, we get to be used as the church. And so just hear this in your 
probably tired of me saying it, but, but if there's anything, I just want you to walk out and just know deep down you are full. You are complete by Christ. And if you felt yourself on any other area on, on the graph and you feel like, I just, I want a revelation for how to become, to, to, to walk in confidence and humility. I, the Holy Spirit, he wants to reveal it to you. He wants to give you your practical step, your next step. And if you feel empty, if you feel incomplete, I encourage you, come forward pr for prayer. And as you're reminded of encountering the gospel of Jesus and what he did, I, I encourage you next week, invite someone to encounter that same message for Easter next week so that they can hear the good news. Sign up for a prayer room slot. Could be your space to cry out to God authentically for him to reveal to you that you're full and that you're complete. And so I just close with this as we close our, our, our prayer room season. Pete Grigg, who, who started the 24-7 prayer movement, he said the ultimate 24-7 prayer room is the human heart fully surrendered to God. So we'll just wait just for a couple moments on, on the Lord and what he's revealing and what he's stirring in us. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to us now. Show us what we get. Show us who we are. Reveal to us our true identity, Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit, come and just speak to us. possibly, and it could be you. It's from Isaiah 40, verse 4, which has a picture of mountains, and, and, and basically that the Lord wanted to level mountains of disappointment in your life, that if you've experienced severe disappointment, he actually wants to level it. And from Isaiah 40, verse 4, it says, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And so if that's you, I encourage you to come forward for prayer that he would level the mountains of disappointment in your life. And if you have never professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would love for you to come forward and, and come to a ministry team member or me and just say, Ian, there's something missing. And, and I would love to, and, and everyone here would love to, to show you and, and, and lead you in a prayer of, of making Jesus your Lord. And so Lord, we, we commit our lives to you just want to deeply encounter your gospel, deeply encounter and, and know who we are in you. Change us, move us, mold us to be more like you, Jesus, in your name. So I encourage you, come forward for ministry time if the Lord is stirring anything and the prayer team would love to, to pray for you or your neighbor can pray for you. Otherwise, you are dismissed. God bless you.